But, Listen, yeah. I have a file of like, for my funeral, you should do these things. That's, that, that's when I'm going to write my own eulogy. I should probably work on that. I don't know. Hey, what I was going to say, never too soon. <laughs> no, I don't want to write my own, but I do want this song sung and this song sung and this scripture read, which You're is way the, ahead of me. Funeral. <laughs> I, you uh, know, I have issues with this. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to die at any minute. And so <laughs> it's, all, it's all in a folder ready to go. You I, be I genuinely have issues. <laughs> So, so don't, don't fear it. I mean, that's Mm-mm. honestly celebrate, celebrate it. That's, that's not something to be afraid of. Are you kidding me? Welcome to episode 111 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens. And yeah, we need a beverage to assist in the conversation process. Conversations require more than one beverage. Today might be one of those, but in the meantime, you can help show some love for Pub Theology Live by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Got lots of levels for you to start off at shot glass level. We've got a pint level. We've got a grill level. Um, but at some of these levels, you get to hear some extended interviews with special guests that we have. You can check those out now. Um, special shout out to our current patrons, Derek, Joe, Julie, Paula, Sean. We did not get any new patrons this week, but you know, we I still love you. We didn't double to 10? We didn't double to 10. The exponential streak has ended, but you know what? Still love There's all still of time. There's we believe still- in you, friends. There's always time. There's no we deadline. We believe we can double by the end of the year. How about that? New so, if you want to get on board and help us out for just a really small amount of monies, visit patreon.com slash btlive to get started. You can also join our conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using the hashtag ptlive. Follow at Pub Theology on those platforms. Check out video clips on the show um, from IGTV, Instagram TV, or watch us on YouTube for extra content, which you may or may not want. (laughs) You can also leave us a voicemail at 980-PT-LIVE-0 or 980-785-4830 or email us at info at pubtheology.com. We welcome your questions or discussions or comments. From anything to everything. There you go. Well, today we discuss the complicated issue of legacy uh, with the passing of the 41st president of the United States, George H.W. Bush. Lots of kind words are being shared about the sort of man and leader he was, uh, perhaps appropriately, but we'll say, why is it? Uh, we'll ask, why is it that we tend to exonerate or cover over blemishes of leaders when they die? And uh, does this happen when we're dealing with spiritual uh, leaders or founders of religious movements as well? And we'll discuss, should you be able to legally change your age if you feel younger? Is age just a matter of how you feel and not how old you actually are? We will discuss. And what are we drinking today, friends? I am drinking a Brewer's Art which is, um, it's actually brewed in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, but there is a great brewery in Baltimore City, the Brewers Art. Um, It is St. Festivus, because I am ready. I'm ready for some Christmas. Um, An ale brewed with spices, with ginger and orange peel. So, Festivus for the rest of us. Festivus for me. (laughs) Maybe two. There you go. I am, uh, it is the season for eggnog. So I, am, I am down in the eggnog, but of course I gotta I gotta make it a little more special. So uh, I've thrown in a couple capfuls of uh, this baby right here, Captain Morgan's spiced rum, nice, and just uh, ruffle Brian's feathers a little bit. I also threw in a couple caps full of 
Glenn Levitt, single malt whiskey. Oh, you're hurting me. That is so wrong. <laughs> that is such 12, a waste. 12, 12 year, buddy. Is it to mix it? You don't like to mix it? Is that your year. thing? No, oh, his, he's a purist. Single malt scotch yeah. deserves to be enjoyed on its own. It should not mm-hmm. ever be used in a mixed drink. Certainly not in eggnog. But you go enjoy, my friend. <laughs> Why listen, taint it with eggnog? <laughs> Why taint it with eggnog? To 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 support your view, this is so good that it makes the eggnog even better. So you're you're not wrong. I just I don't live that <laughs> I don't live that rich of a life that I can you know expend mm. my twelve year old scotch. You know what? Sarah, Sarah feels Sarah feels the same way. She she cringes every time she sees me pouring it in the <laughs> eggnog. It in Come on. I'm glad you're keeping it classy though. Brian, what you drink? That's a good beverage. <laughs> so, uh, I am drinking uh, Rapunzel, mm. which down. Rapunzel oh, yeah. is a, a wheat India pale ale, a wheat IPA brewed with Michigan hops, uh, brewed by Arcadia Brewing Company uh, down the road in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So, oh, you're drinking Oak and Eyes drink. Yeah. Do they do they have a whole line of like fairy tale bears? Is there a Snow White? Right. Is there a you know? You know, I don't know, but I did just get a box of, uh, it was called a hop box of hoppy Arcadia brews. I think this was the only um, sort of fantasy sort of, uh, what was the word you used? Fairy tale. Fairy, fairy tale. tale. That was the, I think this is the only fairy tale one, but stay tuned because more will come out of the box. And that's a, that's a marketing breakdown on their part. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yummy. So yeah, yum, yum, yum. All right, so if you could spend, uh, we'll talk about age here at the front end and then we'll get to legacy in a moment. If you could spend 10 years at any age without aging for those 10 years, which age would you choose? Um, so I'm, I, I'm gonna start by referring to like some Facebook and Twitter comments we got because I think a lot of people based on the answer and their profile pictures went, went younger. So right. <laughs> some people are like, you know, Surprise. 32, I was doing, uh, this is Amy, 32, I was doing better in career and life, bought my home, still didn't get hangovers and still had metabolism. <laughs> oh, so well, true. Score for that. Uh, Caleb's at 25, brain is fully developed and you still have energy and drive, but you're not as immature as when you were 18 through 21. Um, David says 21, ought to be young again. Julie, 40 to 45-ish. Um, Deborah says now, so I can enjoy my grandchildren longer. Good, good call. Marge is 45. So uh, Brian, our very own Brian. Ooh, friend of the show. 39, old enough to know some things, young enough to have the energy to do something about it. True that. True that. I'm, I'm going to take this another direction, though. I am going to pick an age that I have not yet reached. Mm. I'm going to go with like mid 70s. Here's why. Here's why. In your mid 70s, I've, I've, I've done my time. I've, I've, I've you know, earned, 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 earned my cred. I have done all I need to do in life. I, I, I can say what's on my mind because, you know, old people, they can say what's on their <laughs> mind without any fears of repercussions. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to speak my mind. And plus, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is no one really expects anything of me but just to sit around. So, you know, there's no expectations there. Um, there's Viagra so I can still have a healthy sex life. Wow. Um, he's thought he's thought about this a lot. He really oh, I, has. I, I, you know, he doesn't have to this. work anymore. He can be retired. Right. And, and but here's a cool I thing: I would go slightly younger than like mid. I would go like sixty-eight or something. But whatever. Well, no, I don't. I don't plan to die till I'm like one hundred and four. So, um, uh, sure, so, so but I just physically, you know. Well, you know, I I am I am going to be a fit seventy-something-year-old. Well, we know you're going to be a handsome seventy-year-old. So damn straight. Oh. <laughs> And not, and since I am not aging for those ten years, you're right. Maybe I should scooch it back a little bit. Maybe just a little bit, 70. just a little. Maybe yeah. sixty at seventy. Just stay there. But the but in your late sixties, you you haven't earned the right to speak your mind yet. The the right mm. to speak your mind. Okay. I think that kicks. No, in. I'll grant you that. 
that that kicks in in in, in the seventies. They're yeah. like, you know, he's lived his life. He can say whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, because in your seventies, you're considered like feisty. Yes. Right. Yes. But in your sixties, you're you're grumpy. Yes. You know, oh, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. like you're grumpy old man in your sixties, but you're feisty in your seventies. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and for our listeners, if Ogan's going to spend 10 years at the age of 72, we want to make sure he's taken care of. So maybe another incentive to jump on that Patreon train. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. It did not see that going there, but. Yeah. I, you know, so there's a lot of factors in this for me. Like I had to think, okay, so do I just stand still for 10 years or does everyone else, oh, you yeah. know, yes, right. like I had to go there. Right. Mm-hmm. So does everybody else get to stand still with me? So like, like I wouldn't, if that's the case, I don't know that I want to do right now because I don't know that I want my kids. Like I want, I, I, I love every stage that my kids have been in, but I'm not quite ready to pause yet. Right. Like right. <laughs> you don't want to do that a little to them. more independence would be great. Like that kind of thing. I don't want to do that to them. I don't want to do it to me. You know, I don't think I could keep this up for 10 years. Um, but I do think, you know, I think there is a, I don't think I've hit it yet. Let me put it that way. Like I, I don't think I've hit an age yet where, you know, any year of my life, I've learned something new. I've experienced something new. Some years have been harder than others, but I, I haven't really found a year that I've looked back on and go, Oh, if I could do that, not even again, but if I could just stay in that for a while. See, so you're kind of in the same boat. I am. I just, I just went a little more definitive about it. Yeah. Now, I mean, I haven't hit 40 yet. So I, this year I turned 39. So maybe, maybe I'll be with Brian and my 39th year will be like, oh, this is it, baby. I'm in, (laughs) you know. I will, I will, I will say, I will say my, my forties currently, this, this is the most fulfilling, satisfying time of my life. I mean, you know, stuff, isolated stuff, notwithstanding this, right. this is, I mean, yeah. I, I, I feel set in, in, in career, happy about career, you know, my child's like, you know, 18 about to go fly off and do her thing. Um, you, you know, I, I feel, and I know myself pretty well and, yeah. you know, the drama doesn't get to me nearly as much anymore. Right. So I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in yeah. a good place. You but could I'm just still not, hold right now. No, because I'm still not in a place where I can just say. Ah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. The if word. I had to, like, if I had to choose now, and I didn't know what the future hold, I would say right now. Then right. you know, let's just hold right now. I don't want to go back to a time. So, so before before you uh, share yours, Brian, call back to what uh, something Shannon said. There's a TV show called Manifest. Have you guys seen or heard about this? No. I highly recommend it. So it's Manifest. Um, there was. Um, um, a plane that something weird happened to it mid-flight and when they landed it was like oh. some kind of weird storm or something when they landed the rest of the world had gone on five years and everyone in the plane had not aged that's very like space traveling right like contacty they, something yeah. we're, we're yeah. still trying to figure it out but but what's interesting one of the one of the the main character uh the the family there were a set of twins and um, one of the twins went with the mom on an earlier flight. Oh man! And then right. the other one stayed back with the dad. So they land, and now you know the 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 kid who stayed back is like ten years old, and his sister, his twin sister, is like fifteen. And That's awesome! I love it already. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I'm totally into that. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff, and like people, show. like spouses, probably assume they were dead and moved on and are in a right. new relationship. Yes. Come back. Yes. What was um. What All was the that. Tom Hanks one where he was on the deserted island, right? Like the yeah. castaway. Castaway. Yeah. Yeah. And she, yeah. you know, had to make decisions and Sure. Oh yeah, but I he, like it. But he aged. <laughs> he aged well. Well, I mean, else. yes. It just it was that, you but know, that same wrestling. But so, yeah, life it, moved on, right. Right. Life moved on. And it's and it's fun to see them like um they don't spend a lot of time on this, but ever so often, you know. Um, they'll, they'll they'll bump up against some new technology or something that they didn't have five oh, years yeah. um, uh, New 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 health things. So the little kid, you know, he had mm-hmm. chemo and some advances were made. And mm. you know, it's 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 an interesting your your yeah. your thing when you said about the kids. Um, yeah, remind reminded me of that. So check out That's that good. show, Manifest. Yeah. So Brian, do you stick by your thirty nine on social media? I think so. Uh, I, I My initial thought on this question was to go to my early 30s, but then I thought, you know, I was still, 
a bit naive. Uh, I'm sure I still am, so disclaimer. But <laughs> I think by the end of my 30s, I felt like I, I grew a lot in that stretch and changed my views on things a lot and, and just got a lot of good life wisdom. So, um, and kind of like Ogan said, I'm not in a bad place right now, but I'd take a few years younger and then let's just hold that for a while and have yeah. some of that life wisdom, but also some of the youthful energy to really sort of grab life by the reins and, and make stuff happen. I would like to be younger again and be able to drink red wine again and not get hangovers again. Like I'm, I'm with that person. Like there's, <laughs> there's some yeah. benefits to the youth that I didn't, I didn't know to take advantage of. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. You not just that have... I didn't not yeah. take advantage of them, but I didn't know how sacred they were at the time. You'd have been listen. more consciously. Uh... It, it, right. I the older you more get, more unconsciously indulged in my red wine. The, <laughs> the the more you gotta hydrate and and take some vitamin B. And if you know it's gonna be a bad night, take the Advil before you go to sleep. Oh, oh for sure. But and Gatorade, you right? You gotta buy the Gatorade. Oh, gotta if it's gonna be a big. You it's called know. it's called mindful drinking. You know, electrolytes, <laughs> preventative measures. You gotta take preventative. You can't wait till the hangover to deal with it. You gotta take preventative. Hey, if I know I'm going to have a night, the whole next day is just set aside. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, if I know I've got a party or something that, and I'm like, I want to celebrate. I want to have a good time. But tomorrow I'm not doing a thing. I cannot have one yeah. thing on that calendar. Anyway, so. So speaking of age, a Dutch man, a Dutch man requested to legally change his age. He's currently 69 years old, but he feels younger. You know, he's a youthful 69. So he says, why can't I legally change my age to 49? And he actually submitted this request and a Dutch court rejected it, said he cannot do that. But he said, how is this different than changing one's name or one's gender? And so the question is, is changing one's age a fair comparison to um, name or gender? And, and then in addition, do you think he, people should legally be able to do this? I'd say just grow up and get over yourself, man. Come on. Um, but an interesting piece of this story, and I think... I could be wrong, but I think we might have mentioned this in past and poor some months ago when this first came up. But one of the interesting pieces to this story is as to why he wanted to change his age yeah. was because he was trouble having trouble getting matches on Tinder. I knew so it. So he wanted to be able to share himself as younger. My first thought was it's got to be dating related. And and there's that. But I love I love what the court says uh, in the court response. Um it says, unlike the situation with respect to a change in registered name or gender, there are a variety of rights and duties related to age, such as the right to vote, the duty to attend school in, what is this country again? Netherlands? Netherlands, yeah. Um, if, he, if Mr. Rattleband's request was allowed, those age requirements would become meaningless. He's at liberty to feel 20 years younger than his real age, and he can act 20 years younger, but amending the date of birth would cost 20 years of records to vanish from the register of birth, death, marriages, and registered partnerships. And the dude plans to appeal. I think he's, uh, uh, you know, t just taking this a little too seriously, but, but, but I, I, this is not, this is not the same. I don't think as um, some, someone who is, you know, has a whole different, like sexual identification in the, in the terms of, of trans people, for example, this, this, this is not the, I don't think this is the same thing. We all, we all feel, we all feel as young or as old as we want to feel. Um, yeah. But so, that's so a state of mind thing. I don't disagree with you. I have a friend who uh, I actually saw this article uh, posted by a friend and then, a, and then a third friend was commenting or a second friend. How many friends? Who's counting? Brian uh, has a lot of friends. We get the, it, Brian. Move oh, on. Oh on the way to on the way to St. Ives, I met a man with seven wives. <laughs> oh man, I just really didn't set that up well. In any case, anywho, uh, a conversation was had that age is objective, right? So we might agree with the Dutch court and say, "Well, your um, your actual age. We have birth records, hospital records, what have you. Your you know other things, medical records." saying that you're actually 69. You can't just randomly say, well, now I'm 49. You just, that's not real. 
You know, you may subjectively feel 49, but objectively you actually are 69. And this friend of mine said, how, why is, why isn't that the case with gender also, um, particularly in, in, uh, people who change, uh, gender identity from what their physical physiology gender that they were born with to a different gender. He'll say objectively, you are what you are. You may feel different, but that's subjective. But the objective reality is the same. I no. highly disagreed with him, but I want to hear your. Take I don't. I don't. Okay. So first off, I I I have no. I, I just want a disclaimer, right? That I have no. Um, I think that you absolutely have a gender that you identify with, and we've talked about gender fluidity in the past and all of right. that. Right. But I don't. I don't necessarily as an argument for argument's sake, I don't disagree with what this person is saying. Like we have agreed to norms and gender is one of them, um, which is, which is a made up thing. We made, we named male and female and there physically are things in between, like not things, but like did we or did God. But like, but there are physiologically, no, 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 but physiologically, I I, I understand, right. But like physiologically, there are in between and we've talked about that. Yeah. Um, But time is a construct, right? Race is a construct. But in our society. Hashtag Rachel Dolezal. Well, that's (laughs) whatever, right? Like. So by the way, my next door neighbor is named Rachel. And when she gets really tan, we call her post-Rachel. Is something that's, <laughs> that is well, not okay. <laughs> it's so not okay, but there you go. There you have it. Um, anyway, but that's what we kind of call Rachel in our house. We call her instead of post-racial. Hi, neighbor. Um, anyway, the point is, is that like I get, I get the guy's argument that he's saying these are norms that we've come up with. Time is a construct that we've come up with. Why can't I change it the way that this? On the other hand, I'm like, oh, dude, seriously, just get over yourself, right? Like, right. whatever. Um, but I, I, like, argumentatively, I get the point that he's going to. You can see where he's coming from. I see where he's coming from. Again, I don't, I don't necessarily agree because, like, I can't have one more thing where we're, like, on a fluid scale about, right? <laughs> and I, like, well, and I, I was struggling with how it. to respond. Like, I had this innate sense that you're wrong and gender identity is very different so, than early so, choosing an age. Hey, but I so was struggling me, to say it clearly. But here, here sure. this might help. Th- this might help. And this is why gender even even in this situation is more objective than subjective. So we have, we have gender and to Shannon's point, we sometimes define gender by strictly or physical makeup or, or mm-hmm. genitalia, male, female genitalia, you're a man, you're a woman, whatever. Right. But when it comes to the, um, I guess, both the psychological, mental, emotional aspects of it. What determines what determines the gender of a of a fetus as it's developing is is the wash of hormones that happens, you know, during different stages of development. And there is there is a a certain influx of hormones that comes like right before birth or you know, a couple of days or weeks before birth that is more instrumental in determining. Um, how a person feels about their their gender. So, for example, a, a the fetus might be developing male genitalia, but all of a sudden, right before birth, there's this wash of of uh, yeah. uh, female hormone, estrogen. estrogen right. Sorry, I can't recall the name right now. Right. Estrogen, and but so for all intents and purposes, that that wash happens, the, the hormones are injected. So that person has got the surplus of estrogen running through their body, their brain, everything, female. So they're feeling female, but it came at a time when there wasn't there wasn't the opportunity for the genitalia to to conform to that. Right. That's not a subjective thing. That's a that's a measurable biological objective happening. There you go. That's helpful. Yeah. So, so for me, that's you know when I when I learned about that, I was like, oh, well, and that and the, makes sense. The right? big thing of changing the birth certificate, right? Because there are a lot of people that like, well, okay, so. So having surgery, changing genders is one thing, but why do you change the birth certificate? 
And, and that is a real question. And for me, the issue is until we're able to have, you know, like a uh, marriage license, <laughs> right? Like here's my birth certificate. I was born this gender. Here's my license that I transition genders. Right. And until those are being, being able to be, uh, um, let's see, accepted without prejudice, then I understand why you have to change the birth certificate. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, cause, so I, cause I get the argument, but it's to prevent prejudice. And yeah, that it, I'm for. It, it, it is. It is. And, and also to, to embrace full acceptance. To embrace Absolutely, full acceptance. Right. And yeah. so, and there was a time when you could change your birth certificate, but you couldn't get same-sex married. So right. a person that transitioned to, and changed their birth certificate then could get legally married. It was just, you know, these are all just construct of laws and we're, yeah. and workings within and around the laws. So yep. it has, it has little to do. I mean, in this case, it's the age is just a number. How you feel is just a number what you're at versus what your actual age are. Um, right. The point is more than like we've agreed to kind of these norms. And to be honest, 69, 49, there's not, you can't argue to me that there's so much prejudice of a difference that you need it legally changed. I mean, in my head, I still think I'm 19, but you know. <laughs> well, we all look out the same eyes, even if the mirror looks <laughs> Right, <weird>. right. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. Adult, adulting happened and still happens. So I just can't claim. You know, I feel 19, so I shouldn't have these responsibilities. But we certainly don't want to stick there for 10 years. And, I mean, isn't it always the case that you want people to say, wow, you look really good for your age. And as soon as you take 20 years off of your actual legal age, suddenly <laughs> people are going to say the exact opposite. Like, man, you're a right. really old 52 yeah. when he's really 72 or, you know, whatever age. Can I tell you something? I had a parishioner at my first church who was like 40 and she decided she was going to go around and tell everybody that she was 50. So they would say, oh, you look so great. <laughs> and like she would, people would say something. And I saw her do it one day and she was like, oh, I'm 50. And they were like, oh, yeah. That's funny. And they just heard it. <laughs> and that, I was like. Oh. You're like, she's doing it. Right. She's doing it. But they didn't go, oh, honey, you look so great for your age. They oh, were like, yes, they oh, didn't. Yeah. She didn't get what she wanted. Right. They were like, oh, yeah, sure, you look 50. And she was 10 years younger. Ouch. <laughs> I laughed so hard. I was like, that is totally what you get for lying to people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ouch. Maybe she should have had her roots done before she did the simple, The simple secret to keep looking younger, lotion. And for you of the Caucasian persuasion, lotion and sunscreen. Mm. Yeah. Also, we can never look like you do. I'm so sorry. I know. I, I was not born with skin like that. Let me not lie. Uh, uh, lotion. No, listen, people, I'm going to be 70 years old walking around with my husband and they're going to be going, what's that old hag doing with that beautiful man? Because that he, is just because he lotions. Oh, I lotion 10 times. <laughs> anyway, that anyway. is not the point. <laughs> not the point. All right. Not so uh, we said at the outset, we were going to talk about legacy. And uh, this is a sort of a thing that happens when a, when a well-known person, a public figure dies that... Uh, a lot of tributes come forth. A lot of people speak glowingly about the kind of person they were. Uh, and when it's a political figure about the leadership, kind of leadership qualities they had. And very often, it, unless this person was just egregiously horrible, it tends to focus on the positive and, and um, we tend to hear praise. And is that okay? Is it okay to, to sort of shape or craft someone's legacy mostly on the positive while ignoring some of the real potentially problematic things they, they were a part of? And when you're a political leader, there's always going to be good and bad. Nobody's a perfect, pure leader in our current, you know, political realities. So what do you guys think about that? Well, first, I just want to, you know, a lot of the articles going around are, I just want to recognize, right? Like a lot of the articles are going around are, it's easy to call any president before Trump a wonderful president, right? Like Fair enough. those are a lot of the articles. Like right. guys, it's it's comparatively, yeah. let's not lie about that. Yeah. We, we thought they were bad then, but we had no idea. Right. <laughs> that is not no wrong. That, that is a very perfect uh, context to, to give us. Right, so, so 
I mean, I, I step back to um, now as a minister, all three of us, right, have done many a funeral. Mm. We have, we have sat, I have sat in pews as a, um, as a congregant in a funeral for either a loved one or someone of an acquaintance. I have been in the pulpit with the pressure of saying the things about the person, whether all, you know, especially when the family gives me only positive things to say, knowing, you know, and in me knowing this person going, well, that, okay. Um, and there's a real struggle in that dynamic. And I, yes. and I think my goal as a pastor is to always, it's, it's to not ignore the truth, but to also not induce pain. For sure. I'm glad, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that because for, for me, it's about a, it's about a timing issue when, 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 uh, you know, uh, a, de- a recently deceased and their loved ones are, you know, experiencing the pain of that loss the last thing we want to do to make it worse is to pile on and say well here's here's the here's the bad stuff this person did as well um so so i think there there, there comes a time when you can do that examination down the road however i also think though that when you kind of become a public figure especially to the extent of a president you, you automatically kind of open yourself up to that both in your lifetime and in your death time. Right. And, and there's, there's not, there's not much you can do about that. I, I, I think again, time and time and place. So you want to be online as we've seen articles that talk about the, the, the yes, rel- relative to our current president, there was much more, you know, civility and respect of office um, and just human respect and dignity by, you know, H.W. Bush. And, but then there's all these, you know, the, I wouldn't even say complications, but just outright craziness that he did as president in his administration uh, as well, you know, from war. Uh, let's not for one of the things that, that you've seen a lot also is during his campaign, you know, one of the most like racially profiling as the Willie Norton thing. So, so we have all that as well. Now, what's not appropriate, I don't think, is to go mentioning that stuff at his funeral or right. or throw that in the faces of his family and stuff right. uh, at, at this time. But but if we're gonna take a historical look at a person's, especially a celebrity or a politician's life, yes, we we need to mention those things as well. But we also got to realize that we, we we can hold two seemingly opposing things together at the same time. <laughs> we are complicated people we that can compl- hold multiple emotions. Right? Yes. <laughs> you, you know, and, well, and, and being the president, being the president and all that that comes with has a whole lot of different layers that some of us can't right. comprehend. For and sure. this is not giving him a pass by any stretch of the imagination for some of the things he did. For example, like, during the height of the AIDS crisis, when Ronald Reagan denied it, he become president, and then right. says we will not admit anyone with this HIV positive in the country. Like, I mean, I, I, absolutely. Right. And I don't disagree with you. I also believe in redemption, right? And I believe that his presidency is not the whole of a man, right. and is not sure. the whole of his life, right? And so, yes, criticize absolutely criticize. But I, I just have a struggle um, with saying, you know, he lived 30 more years after his presidency. Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at W, who I, I, I again, I, I fully admit that, you know, those four years of my life, I was mainly focused on the Gulf War. I was, I remember doing like work projects or like projects. I was in the fifth grade working on the Gulf War stuff. Um, and, and all of that, but, but as I got older and, you know, my first political fights, if you will, like my standing and protesting came with when W came around, when George W. Bush came around and, and, you know, I look at him since then, it doesn't forgive what happened in his presidency. He has evolved since his presidency. And I do think that I hope genuinely that H.W.'s presidency and then watching what happened 
mm. as Trump came into power and he, and he did, and he has spoken out yeah. and he did, it did speak out and say, you know, I, I helped lead to this and that was wrong and mm. this is wrong. Mm. And so like, where, where is that grace in evolving of a person? Well, you know, but at the same time, he also continued to have that negative image and the complexity because he became an old man ass grabber. So, you know, there's, okay. there's that, there's that too. No, no, no. I don't, I don't <laughs> deny that. And, and I don't mean to sit there and excuse that either. I also like, you know what we get away with in our seventies, right? Okay. This is why you want to stay in your seventies. <laughs> it's going it? for the seventies. <laughs> it's totally, well, but you know what? By the time you're 70, that's not acceptable anymore. Oh no. I'll, yeah. no, I, I'll, I'll, be slash. I'll be tased. <laughs> But but that's the acceptance. I mean, you know, there's a lot of argument going around right now because a lot of people are like, he's the last president of the greatest generation, right? And then they're like, no, Jimmy Carter is of the last generation. And can I just or say, the greatest generation. Jimmy Carter is going to outlive everybody. Like, oh my God, please. You know, you by know, the grace of God, everybody's going right? to die, and Jimmy Carter will still be please, building houses. I hope so. <laughs> You know, Jimmy Carter and Mr. Rogers, like those are the two good men on earth, right? I mean, Mr. Rogers is no longer on earth, but you know, even, I mean, this is, a, this is to me a great point. You know, I did this summer series on Mr. Rogers uh -huh. and there is an interview where he actually talks about his legacy, what he wants to be remembered for in death. And of course, this is a minister talking. He's, he's coming from a place of like, it, he very much uses this. I really genuinely hope people just hear my message of kindness, but are able to let me go, are able to move on, are not stuck on me, you right. know? And it's this beautiful, like, I very much look forward to afterlife. I very much look forward to communing with God. And, and I think that that is, it's such a beautiful thing to, to say, right? Um, Jenna Bush wrote a article about how she talked to her, him, her grandfather, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of his life saying, he was ready. Like, I look forward to this. I look forward to heaven. I look forward to seeing those that I've lost before me. Um, and in that moment, he's not a president. He's just a human. And, and, and I have a lot of grace for that. Right. But again, I don't want to dismiss. I don't want to dismiss the people that were hurt by his administration. But that's, but, and, and that's not what you're saying with the extending of grace. The extent of grace is not saying what, what he did as president and the people that were hurt was okay. Right. You're, you're just not, the grace is not judging him, like you said, for the entirety of his life by the time he was president or, right. or a politician. Because I think the political machine does a lot to a person. Oh, and, yeah. it, and it strips humanity from a person in a way that, that we genuinely shouldn't allow, but it, it's part of the reality. It does, but what happens when you enter the presidency with no humanity? Just uh, theoretical. No, right, 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 right. No, I mean, <laughs> well, we're watching it happen right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean... Um, you know, it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't really think there could be people with like no understanding. Like I, I just didn't really You're understand. In new territory, right? Come How on. much narcissism? You're, you're a minister. Are you honestly telling me you are still surprised by how people can show up? You're a minister. You, you have to have seen it all by now. And, and even well, in sure, people's but I, darkest just... moments, I have seen their humanity. Right. I just I'm just have. saying it feels like we have, we're breaking all the, we're creating exceptions to the rule here. Uh, <laughs> we, we very much are. And again, this is where I started the conversation by saying, <laughs> compared to what we have now, everybody right. is the same that came before. Right. Maybe with the exception of Andrew Jackson. <laughs> like, exactly. exactly. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. And even that I'm willing to like say maybe. <laughs> ouch. Ouch. So, I, yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate what both of you have said and I, and I totally agree that in the context of a, funeral or a memorial that is not the time to say by the way major jackass um the world would have been better off if this person never existed no that that's you know that's for another time a funeral or memorial is a time to fondly remember to give people space in their grieving and to celebrate the life that was and i think there there can be room to acknowledge the complexities and that's not inappropriate uh, at all 
Um, but it is the job of historians and maybe society to look at its leaders in a more nuanced, uh, complete way and note, mm-hmm. note the good and the bad. And there is always going to be good and bad with any human who draws breath. But I, I think our, I've seen more people posting, and I think maybe this is due to the context we're in, articles and things about how wonderful of a president he was and oh if we could only have this again i've seen a few people say hey he got us into a war we shouldn't have been in he did some policy that really damaged people's lives those things can both be true right that that he's the kind of president we might like to have again and he did some things he might not want to do again i have a parishioner that lives um actually most of the year in germany um his wife is there and they have a house there and anyway um he's saying you know that he actually worked this man worked for the state department in immigration for 25 years and he says that hw is adored in germany because as much as we have that image of reagan you know mr gorbachev tear that wall down like bush was the one that did all the back work for that he was the one that helped negotiate uniting germany and that, that Germans revere him in that way. And so as much as we talk, like, and honestly, I'd never, I didn't know that history. Hmm. And he was sitting in my office yesterday telling me that history and going, you know, there were some sides of him that were a great man and a great peacekeeper. And I'm going, wow, I've never heard that before. Hmm. And I'm, yeah. I'm sorry that I never heard that before. Right. Um, but I think that speaks to, to again, this whole theme about, the civility of who he was because he was not a boastful person. Look what I did. I did this great mm-hmm. thing, you know, like, like our current president who says it when it's not true. Um, right. But so I, I, I think that's, that's a testimony to that. And again, what we said earlier, a person can do both great things and horrible things right. at, at, at the same time. And, and this is, this is part of, our evolution as individuals to not just be reacting to a person's any one thing that they do. I mean, there are some exceptions, but I mean, Mm -hmm. the the idea of to embrace a whole person means to understand that given context and circumstance, they're going to make some choices you don't agree with. Right. And, Absolutely. And they're going to make some choices that you agree with. You got to take the whole picture and ultimately towards the end, you, you, you factor them both in and, and, and realize that it's not that they negate each other because he did a bad thing and negated the good thing he did. No, he, he did a good thing and he did a questionable thing. Right. And that's what we all do. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I hope that in the end of any of our days, the good does outweigh the bad. Right. Right. And, and I mean, I genuinely hope that, um, in whatever my final word is, right? The final word about me. And again, funerals aren't the place to necessarily say this, but whatever my children or their children say about me in the end, I hope that it's more of a word of love and grace than it is a word of harshness. Um, but I don't want them to ignore that I had some sort of, you know, human side, um, that I had a temper, that I had, was sassy, or that I, you know, didn't See, love I, perfectly. Like, I, I, I want it all at the funeral. I want it, I, I want it, I want it all. Like, right? You like, know. <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember, my favorite thing, right? I'm sorry, I have to tell a bad, you know, I've sat at funerals where they got literally the names of the children wrong, right? Like, right. you know, I just know. that. But I, I sat at my great-grandmother, now my great-grandmother died when I was in my 20s, right? She was a wonderful woman who lived very, very long in her age. And I, I was in seminary when she died and I laughed through her entire funeral because this young pastor who is maybe a year or two older than I was, was giving this eulogy for her, this, you know, sermon for her about how she never chose favorites because he just picked on fun, like this one little story. And I literally laughed out loud because I was like, the woman chose more favorites Maybe you didn't know because you weren't her favorite, but when you were her favorite, <laughs> you knew. You <laughs> nice. And that was the legacy of her funeral story. And I just laughed. My, I mean, I just laughed my ass off because I was like, 
oh, the woman had favorites. And I can tell you everybody in this room who was her favorite and who was not. Right. Like, who was in her favor and who was not in her favor. That's, that's, that's what you talk about at the wake afterwards. <laughs> exactly. But that is not the time. But also, you know, maybe read the room a little, but whatever. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So we've talked about how everybody has some good and some bad. Are our, our, um, religious leaders... Uh, exempted from this. I think they above, or I should say maybe founders of spiritual movements or religions, they seem above all to have the um, revisionist history where they only did very good things. Is that fair to say? Well, this is, this is why, this is why I always spend a lot of time tearing, tearing down the myth of perfect Jesus. (laughs) I I know Uh, you do. Yeah. Yeah. I make make the one exemption to this rule. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, right. but 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 again for me to 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 drive home the point we've all been making earlier in the show it it's it gives me hope for my own humanity mm-hmm. to 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 realize mm-hmm. that that right. that the, the the mistakes or errors or the things that that any you know religious founder or deity has said or done that seems to go against their teachings doesn't negate their teachings what 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 it does is realize that in the midst of their humanity, these great teachings came out. Mm. Yes. It, it, yes. You know, and that's what we should focus on. I, I totally agree with that. But what if what if a core component of your uh, religious slash theological system depends on having a perfect uh, founder? which I think is the case in Christianity. And for, I would say, a large majority of Christians, if you tell them that Jesus wasn't perfect, their theological systems begins to crumble. And that's, that's, uh, that's a problem and can precipitate a potential theological crisis. Well, the problem is not with Jesus. The problem is with the problem <laughs> need therapy. That's true too. I think they need therapy. <laughs> but the problem isn't with Jesus, it's with the system. <laughs> Take a take a look at the system. If your system is dependent on your founder needing to be perfect, then it's a systematic problem. Now, now let's be clear. Every you know, there's uh, there's there's I don't want to say exceptions, but 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 there's extremes to this. You know, when you have cult leaders who are who are you know, for example, taking sexual advantage of people who follow them, and 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 you know, leaders who embezzle and steal money. Yes, we 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 have extremes where where it's not allowed, but or or not okay. But at the same time, I your system shouldn't. If your system is predicated upon the perfection of its founder and leader, that that tells me more cult than. Then yeah, but but then you're calling uh, one of the world's three monotheistic religions. You're calling a cult because I would say in my and maybe you guys can correct me, but wouldn't you agree that a majority of Christians and not just North American Christians need Jesus to be perfect for their theological system? And is that still a cult? Even you know, I don't think you could call that a cult. No, I yeah, not in the traditional sense of when you when you look at like the twenty characteristics of what a cult entails. You're, you're right. Christianity, in the broadest sense, does not fall under that category. Um, but given Jesus' cult-like status, is sure. what I am. I am. Sure. And he's not about. A, a, an alive cult leader, which is a different deal. Yes, no, no. I don't think it's a different deal because that means that you're not you're not reading the scriptures properly. You're not looking at the script. You're giving him a pass. You're not looking, and this this is just me. But you're looking at the scriptures and and trying to say, as my one of my theology professors used to say, let's stop saving Jesus and just accept him. But do you think the gospel writers tried to, we've tried not to use this word, so maybe I'll still not use it, tried to cover over the blemishes of Jesus uh, (laughs) and leave out his questionable moments? Or do you you find moments where we can look in scripture and say, yeah, Jesus probably screwed up there, or Jesus maybe sinned there, which sounds totally egregious. No, 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 no. But I, I, I have totally given a sermon on... Jesus is wrong on this. Okay. Um, and I, I've given, so the, when, whenever the scripture on divorce comes up ah, yes. and, mm-hmm. and I have stood in my pulpit and said, as a divorced woman, 
Jesus condemned me and he is wrong. And here's mm. why he is wrong based on his own scripture right. and his own understanding. Here's why he passed judgment on you, on me and shame on you for doing that. And Boom. until you have walked in these shoes and understand this complexity, you cannot pass judgment on me. And you know what? Even if you have walked in some shoes, you have not walked in mine. Right. And, Whoa. and I have given that sermon. So, but I, but I also, I don't condemn him for that. Right. But it is my responsibility to call Jesus out on those words. Oh, those are fighting words to the son of God. Well, you, you, you're wrong. You're we're, wrong. We're, Brian, Brian, we're all sons and daughters of God. <laughs> he wasn't the only one. But you're, <laughs> but you're I'm wrong. I'm speaking to our broader audience here. Okay, but me too. But, me too. <laughs> I, think, him. I, I mean, honestly, to, honest to God, like, why do I need? I don't. I genuinely don't need Jesus to be perfect. And so, I, you know, I, I think I, I think it's it's honestly it's it's primarily this uh, the book of Hebrews in the New Testament that really sort of focuses in on on that language of of Jesus perfection and Jesus yeah. as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. And then I think we end up interpreting all of the gospels and new Testament writings through the lens of maybe one particular book, which maybe isn't a fair way to assess Jesus life as it's right. portrayed in scripture. Right. But, but apply that back to a person's life, right? One monumental mistake doesn't make a person right. And one monumental uh, glorification doesn't make a person like both are true and both are are happening at the same time and both are complex and even if if until the day he died he said that was the right thing to do i do not regret any bit of that that is i mean it's it's what it's the same historical reference that we apply to jesus that was his upbringing that was his understanding you know I, I much more care about the goodness of you and the way you treated those around you and less about the decisions you made once upon a time. And, and one option is if you don't like words that were shared at your funeral, you can always raise from the dead and then just say, sorry. I mean, <laughs> if that was an option. Got a few edits here. Listen, I have a file of like, for my funeral, you should do these things. That's, that, that's why I'm going to write my own eulogy. I should probably work on that. I don't know. Yeah, what I was going to say, never too soon. <laughs> no, I don't want to write my own, but I do want this song sung and this song sung and this scripture read, which You're is way ahead of me. Funeral. <laughs> I, you uh, know, I have issues with this. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to die at any minute. And so <laughs> it's, all, it's all in a folder ready to go. You should I, be I genuinely have issues. <laughs> so, so don't, don't fear it. I mean, that's mm -mm. honestly cel celebrate it. That's there's not something to be afraid of. Are you kidding me? I'm not afraid. I just, I want, you know, um, but, but listen, every song that I've picked and every scripture that I've picked leans a, a, a certain way. <laughs> it's going to, wow. it's going to move you to, oh, goodness and mercy shall follow her all the rest of her life. You so, know? So, while, so are you, while we still can, uh, cheers to you, Shannon. Uh, <laughs> Are you are you are you saying you already begin to uh, whitewash your legacy a little bit there? No, no, I'm not going to die that way. Let me <laughs> let me promise. I don't even have a bathtub. So anyway, um, no, oh, I so listen. My aunt, my aunt died. Um, my aunt and I share a bit of a um, genetic history, and oh, she died in her. Shared this. I have. She died yes. in her early fifties, and I'm hoping I don't, but I know it might be a reality. Um, I genuinely pray every day that it's not true and that I will be an exception, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And, and so, honestly, none of us know genetic conditions. None of us or know. Not. Exactly. None well, of us know. And I, and it's given work. me, it's, it genuinely has, this is why I don't think I want to stick on a year forever. Right. It's given. Right. Me, so I, I realized that from you know, let's say 18 to 25, I maybe even 30, I was, we need to get this stuff done, right? Like well, I need, I need to do all, I need to experience all the things I can. I need to do all the things I can while I still have life and breath left in me. And yet what it's done in my thirties is given me a perspective of saying, okay, but that's, 
I can one, A, slow down a little, right? But I can also appreciate every day that I am gifted. And if I have 10 more years, I'm going to live a great, happy, love-filled 10 years. Oh, all we have is now. We really do. And I genuinely hope, I mean, women in my family do have a history of living into their 90s. And I genuinely hope that's me. And if it's not, you're ready for my funeral. It's in my file folder in, in my office. My office manager knows where it is. <laughs> and, and for better and for better for worse, these podcasts will be part of our legacy when we go. Oh so. God, help us all. Gosh, true enough. <laughs> true enough. I've, I've actually the thought the one that, that taught me what whitewashing truly meant. <laughs> wow. wow. So it might be time to uh, have before we wrap here a little pass or pour. All sure. Right, okay. We're we're into the holidays, so we got some fun holiday things uh, coming up. Um, let's tell me if you want to pass on point of this. Police are investigating the Frosty the Snowman slashing. Wow. What was that last word? Slashing. Slashing. Frosty the Snowman slashing. Oh, sure. Pour yeah. It. You're pouring. So police in Tennessee are searching for a seasonal slasher caught on video slicing a hotel's inflatable frosty snowman across the stomach. This kind of dark. It shows uh, an unidentified suspect walking up to a large frosty before 1.30 a.m. Friday, slashing a gash in the inflatable stomach, causing it to go limp. The hotel manager says he has a theory about the crime. He says, I think it's just kids thinking they're being funny. I'd like to think most adults would not be out driving at one in the morning, slashing inflatables, but I could be wrong. So what do you think? What's your theory on the slasher? And if there's an inflatable, I mean, a really big inflatable Christmas image that you would want to take out, would it be Frosty or who would it be? Mm. Oh, Mm. Oprah once had one on one of her like special gifts. She had the black eyed peas with Fergie in a snow globe. Oh yeah. That's gotta I would, go. Yeah. That's gotta go. That's my slasher one. <laughs> <laughs> now they've now dropped Fergie. Very excited about that. Yeah. Ready I, for them to get back to the black eyed peas sans Fergie. So <laughs> I will now be buying their albums again. Was this, was this before or after she sang that anthem? That one oh, time? it was. <laughs> God help us. Wow. Well, I would say if there was a an inflatable that was the uh, McCartney song "Having a Wonderful Christmas Time," I'd be happy to take care of that. Oh, I would slash a lot of songs. I know. Well, I, I couldn't come up with a good character, so I don't have a good character. I'm like, there's not a lot of Christmas characters. I'm. I mean, there's not a Mary. Did you know inflatable? Or a baby. <laughs> that, right. That's why I went to Maybe it's cold outside inflatable, right? I know. Like, it's too easy with yeah. the sun. We're rocking around the Christmas tree inflatable. Oh, um, that's, that's true. Ooh. Now, if somebody had a hippopotamus, right? Like, even that, I'd be like, oh, it's so cute. But, like, if I could cut some songs, that'd be for sure. Yes. No, I wouldn't. I would not. So I still say happy birthday the way that Frosty does. Happy birthday. I love it. I love <laughs> oh, Frosty. Right? You're going to watch I that. I love Frosty. Love him. All right. Uh, although in the uh, what is so I what do is not the, condone this child's actions. There no. you go. What what is the what is the Christmas movie with the claymation? Uh, Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah. 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 Classic. So the, it's a Love classic. It. But in that story, Santa Claus is a bully. Um, there, there. You got a. I don't know if you guys have read the articles, but there are a lot of issues with that movie. You got Santa Claus bullying. There's a lot of discrimination. Um, there's bullying of Rudolph. You have Could the other, be right. Toys. I mean, there's a lot. It's better than the, you know, the raisins one. (laughs) The what? The raisins. What is the like raisins? The California California. raisins. The California raisins did that creepy claymation Christmas. Oh my god! I don't even. Oh, it's so creepy. Oh, it's so creepy. We so Emmett Otter is coming back to theaters. We are very excited around here. By the way, I don't know what that is either. (gasps) Emmett Otter Christmas. No. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Clearly, Brian, you don't have enough black people in your lives. <laughs> <laughs> Passport. This one. Uh, British company is selling a cat-resistant half Christmas tree. Oh, I'm all for it. Yeah. Our cat doesn't bother our Christmas tree, but I'm all for it. Our cat it, loves our Christmas tree. But let's hear um, it. 
one one of my closest friends her her cat just got um electrocuted not to the point of death but to the point of being really badly singed by going after the lights anyway that's that's what they get so a british company is selling a unique christmas tree that features only the top half of the tree (laughs) artificial tree to protect it from babies and cats so we had one of those octagon like um gates like a baby fence like Like a baby baby fence we had one of those around the tree yeah we we used to have one of those too it is a a i still have in the garage it's six foot quote half parasol christmas tree that features branches only on the top half of the tree Mm -hmm. and honest it's cost like 43 bucks with us i need that just for the presents right like right? The presents. I, I need to get a half tree you, you gotta look it up because yeah. it just looks weird well and i've seen some people like hang it from the ceiling like just hang a tree from the ceiling we attach it by string to the ceiling so that yeah. it won't get knocked over it won't tip over by yeah kids or cats Right. Well, I mean, kids are the, because they like to clump all the ornaments in one yeah. small area, which makes the tree. Yep. So uh, <laughs> uh, it is a season where we go shopping and buy gifts for the friends and loved ones. And we might, we might wrap up with this one. Um, Payless opens a hoax upscale store and sells $20 shoes for hundreds. You heard about I this. I heard about that, but I don't know. I details. have not heard about this. So I'm tempted to pour. So uh, Payless created this fake luxury store with all of its, you know, cheap, actually affordable shoes. Sure. I was going to say cheap shoes. Thank you for editing that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Realistically, family buys these shoes because my daughter grows six sizes in one year. Exactly. Exactly. Payless (laughs) is truly like the godsend for for parents because... Thank you. You got you got to buy another reason why I don't want to pause right now. <laughs> seven months, right? right. Um, but it created this fake luxury store, brought in what are we now recall uh, fashion and social media influencers, and sold it to them for hyperinflated prices. And there's tons of videos online of all these people raving about the shoes that they think cost hundreds of dollars wow. when they're really less shoes. I love the, it. The I chain, do love it. So the chain took over a former Armani store in <gasps> Santa Monica, labeled it, you're going to love this, Palessi, P-A-L-E-S-S-I. Palessi. Boom. I do love it so much. Filled it with pale shoes, inflated price tags, and invited social media fashion influencers to party at the store. We are horrible, terrible people. The party We are horrible, terrible people. But awesome people. So awesome. No, no, I don't mean the horrible people are like the ones doing this. I mean the horrible, terrible, like the people buying it and accepting this. Oh my God. The party goers shelled out hundreds of dollars for shoes that normally retail for between twenty and forty dollars. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Awesome. PLS shared video of the party gorge reacting to being told the shoes had just splurged were actually discount stock. You got to look this up online. It it is hilarious, which just says so much about where we are as a society right now. Can I can I just say like my faith in humanity is restored? Yeah, because people <laughs> did that. Beautiful. I mean, really, like, Ooh. screw you, people. Christmas. Oh, is I'm a, sorry. I'm gonna put a red, red leather on the bottom of a shoe, and now I'm gonna charge you four thousand dollars for it. Right. I call it a Louis Vuitton, and it's still the most uncomfortable shoe so, I've ever worn in my life. You know what? We should not that I've a, ever worn one. We should probably do an episode on this sometimes, but I, I, I think it speaks to to the cultural thing and and. Uh, you know who else does a great job of this? Jimmy Kimmel, the man on the street, when mm-hmm. he goes and asks people about things that are totally made up. And nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to be afraid to admit they don't know. So they just go along with it. And I think yeah. I think this is a big issue. And, and this is what it speaks to. Um, so um, just to be clear, the Palessi customers were refunded their purchases. So... As, I mean, I, 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 I don't disagree with that, right? Like, right. give them, this was a social experiment and let's, let's honor that, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. All right. That's, that's all I got for today. Oh, so good, Ogan. This week was so good. Great so stuff. Pay lessy. Pay lessy. Any, any. Pay lessy. 
Palessi. 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 I'm going to go out and buy some Palessi shoes. Get some Palessi. I've been giving away my old shoes to my daughter because she's 11 years old. She's 5'3", no. and she now wears a size 9 women's no. shoe. Wow. <laughs> she's going to be 6 time. feet tall, like the woman. Oh, no. That's nuts. <sighs> anyway. So, any, any final thoughts on uh, age and or legacy? So uh, God I'm, help us all. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to paraphrase uh, the great Buddhist teacher, Titnat Han when he says, when people tell you you've done well, you tell them you're partly right. And when people tell you you've done bad, you tell them you're partly right. <laughs> Love it. There you go. You know, here's with swinging with bow-legged women. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow shannon shannon is officially she's officially tapped out she's, she's like she's i, got I am so done is it january yet <laughs> that was <I'm> so <laughs> done that was an epic final wisdom right there <laughs> Woo! i'm Man. super done with this I'm, holiday. I'm gonna just put it this way i'll defer to ogan's well. i don't know i just want to say on our chat brian says he's gonna rap soon and i don't know if that's about presents or about this podcast <laughs> you never know i know it's a little it's a little confusing <laughs> a little, he's like i need to wrap soon and i need to like get all these presents in order so you know whatever <laughs> oh my goodness wow thank you friends for tuning in to pub theology live <laughs> You can, of course, uh, listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. Uh, please rate us on iTunes. That would be fabulous. And share us on social media. You know, we post new episodes to Facebook and Twitter. And if you want to retweet us or share an episode to your wall so that your friends can uh, enjoy what you've enjoyed, that'd be fantastic. You can watch us on YouTube or IGTV. That's Instagram TV. And if you want to find a Pub Theology group in your town, check out the official directory at uh, pubtheology.com. And we'd like to welcome a new group on the map, uh, Pub Talks, meeting in Salem, Illinois. They meet days uh, at ABC Pub. So check out the map. There may be a group near you. And if not, there's resources to help you start your own. And don't forget to join our growing list of supporters at Patreon. And you can uh, visit us at uh, patreon.com slash pubtheologylive or our website at pubtheology.com to get started. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. You almost made it, Shannon. You almost made it. <laughs> oh almost today, made it. <laughs> today is a day where I really want to drink irresponsibly. <laughs> I am really, you open that second beer and I am so tempted to just go grab one and Seriously, keep the good, I, let the good times roll. I, I'm, listen, I'm going to drink this. Like, you, I am not. No so doubt. my second beer, for those of you still watching, is a winter white ale by Bell's company from bells yes yeah, it's delicious um yeah i'm done i'm done guys i'm done with this holiday you I listen love, it just I got it just got started this. you've only got one you've only got one advent sunday it no, just started. no we did one that was enough <laughs>